What's going on, everybody? This is Christian Gujanov, and I want to welcome you to Season 2 of Peak Performance Principles. Thank you so much for being here. I am super excited about this episode. I got to interview someone that I've been following for a very long time. His name is Pete Nashik. He spent 21 years as a Navy SEAL. He was the Command Master Chief for SEAL Team 5. And since his military career, he has done some absolutely incredible work with human performance. He's gotten to work with teams like Red Bull and Nike to develop athletes in some of the most extreme conditions out there and how to perform under pressure. So he has some incredible experience improving individual performance, but also he worked with one of the greatest teams out there, the, the, the SEAL team. So he has some incredible insights also about how to how to improve team performance. So I hope you enjoy this interview. As all of you know, we've a lot of people been working from home, including me. So I got I did, I did this interview at home. So you'll hear a couple of voices in the background. Um, it's very difficult to keep three kids quiet for a 30, 45 minute interview. So enjoy the voices in the background as well. And if you'll excuse them, uh, it was difficult to keep them quiet, but they did a pretty good job overall. So don't mind the voices in the background, and I hope you enjoy this interview, and let's get it started. All right, everybody, welcome to this special episode of Peak Performance Principles. We've got a very special guest on the line today. Pete, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm doing good, man. Uh, so today we're going to be focusing a lot about human performance and, and looking at a deeper dive into specifically tools and, and ways we can improve our performance under pretty much any circumstance. And Pete's got a lot of experience, not only performing in, in, in incredibly difficult circumstances, but also coaching people in those incredibly difficult circumstances. So um, Pete, we're going to have your bio kind of on there. And, and I think if people want to learn more about that, there's a lot of places they could learn about your bio. But just to kind of introduce yourself, I wanted to maybe ask you maybe a little bit different way. Um, I know you've done a lot of amazing things in your career from the from Navy SEALs to the training that you're doing now and, and working with Nike, Red Bull, all these different companies. But what would you, looking back what, in your how many ever years on the earth, what, what do you think are the three things that you individually like are most proud of that you accomplished? <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's probably the toughest. Like, yeah, that's, like a, that's, a, that's a good question. We'll leave. Cause there's a lot of things for different reasons, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, there's, there's things that might be oriented towards the family. There's, there's things that are obviously I did in when I was in the military and there's a lot of stuff that's been after. So, and, and they're, they're varied. Um, some of them are maybe personal issues that were really valuable to me and I grew a lot from, and I learned a lot from them. And then some of them might've been, uh, you know, things that I, that I gained from, from other places as far as being able to help out and support. And, um, mm -hmm. I'd say like really just kind of right off the bat, uh, there's obviously my career in the SEAL teams was, was really special. I mean, you just get so much out of that and some of the, the work I was able to do in there that, uh, that was helping not only our country, but actually other nations and helping them get to the right place. So that, that time is, is always special. I think some of the work I did with uh, extreme athletes has been since the military has been really important and impactful for me, uh, both personally and, and to support athletes. 
um, there, some of the work I did at Red Bull was really interesting and things I've been doing with the Olympics since. And then um, being able to start a company like Synaptic, which is you know focused on vision and sensory performance, which I think in the long run will be having a huge impact on a lot of people's lives, not just elite performers, but actually people who need to have some type of rehabilitation and, and work on, on the vision and sensory system. So those, those three, I would say areas, not specific moments, but I think those three areas have been um, really huge achievements for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a kind of an interesting thing to think about too. And you have to, you've done so many amazing things and um, just breaking it down that way. I, think, I, I appreciate that. that. That's really cool, man. Uh, what, what caused you to want to get into the military from, was that always something you wanted to do? <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. Um, I actually had um, some scholarships to art schools. Uh, I was working on those and it was, it was looking really good to some really good schools. And I just wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. I wasn't positive where I was going to go with art. I wasn't necessarily the most disciplined kid. I was, um, I wasn't, I was a, a good student. I wasn't a great student. And most of that was probably self just motivation and just what I was caught up in. And so I was looking at options, other options to get into school and the military was a good option to find money. And I was a, I applied for the Academy and I was a finalist for getting to, to go to the Naval Academy. And then I joined the Navy regardless and said, well, regardless, I'll just try and see what this is about, which is which was a little odd in a sense from most of my friends and the people I knew growing up in Venice Beach, California. But I figured, you know, you hear all these things. Let's just see what it's about. Let's just go experience it. And at the end of it, I'll get college money. And then it turned into a 21 year career. So, yeah, 21 years later. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing, man. That's awesome. So uh and then you, you talked a little bit about, and I think this is kind of the bulk of our conversation. I'd really like to to dive into a couple of things, mainly kind of the first thing with military and just and just human performance in general, but then also the the synaptic. Um, that's one thing that I want to spend a lot of time on. So I want to kind of have the bulk of our conversation be there. But um, what are a couple of things that you feel like? So with with, with the military, you being in Navy SEALs. What are some of you feel like are some of the kind of the uh, not similarities, but almost like like the the similarities that you would draw upon from the military population? And then how does that relate to like athletics and athletes and working with athletes in that sense? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's there's a lot of correlations you can draw from the military. I'm always careful to try to bring too much of my of my experience in as saying this is the way it needs to work from the military in sport because yeah. they're very different contexts. There's yes. really different end states. There's different issues going on, but there are some good perspectives that can come over. And, and I think the a couple key things that seem to be consistent is that some of the best performers, if they can really get wrapped around the larger goal, the larger purpose of why they're there, that tends to assist not only them as an individual, but also the team, because they're not just caught up in their own image, their own issues. You know, it's all about me. Everything must revolve around me. If, if they can release some of that and get, get locked into that, that larger purpose of what they're doing there and how it can affect a wider environment and community, then, then they, they tend to do the things they need to, to perform better. And, um, and, and so that's also, you know, and I kind of say that that idea of purpose is, is important. We used to have a saying that we'd say, uh, at least in the SEAL teams, was like, you know, you got to move with the purpose. And 
And I think that comes into play in that is that if you're not caught up in your own agenda, your own issues, you'll tend to want to have a little bit more drive and support other people more, which helps you move with a purpose, which means that when you're at training, you're at training. You show up on time, you get it done. And then once you're done, you can go ahead and play and relax and, and, and do all the recovery that you need to do. But training time is training time. It's focused. It's purposeful. You're, you're engaged. You're, you're in there. So that's another big piece is that, is that being, being involved, being present, being committed to those moments um, when you need to be. And, and I think that kind of leads with a big aspect of what we have, I think, in, in the military in general across the board is this idea of acceptance is that we're taking on a job. It's for a larger purpose and we're accepting what it takes to do that job well. We're, we're, we're accepting everything, not just the good glory moments and the things that feel good and are fun for us, but all the, all the hard training, the bad moments, you know, the rain, the cold, the, 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 the mundane tasks that it takes to get the job done. I mean, in the end, the operations, those are the good parts. Those are, in a sense, those are what you train for, those, those big com competitive moments. And so those come into play. Like, that's what we're, we like to do. It's all that training and all this stuff in between um, that sometimes we'll drop the ball on and not put our, our full effort into. So those that acceptance of doing that, I think, is key. So, yeah, I, I kind of say that that larger purpose, really understanding that, buying into it, committing to it, um, move, moving with purpose, and then uh, the idea of just accepting everything you need to do to be the best performer for that mission. Man, I love that. That 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 was so well said. If you're if you're an athlete just starting your season, just rewind the last two minutes and just copy and paste everything what you just said that was that's that's exactly that's like the recipe for not just individual but like team success yeah you can have you know the greater mission when you're whatever you're doing do that thing and be there and be in that moment and uh i know you've worked with some pretty amazing teams and some great leaders and coaches um from red bull to nike to like microsoft and a bunch of different companies right so what, what are some of those things that like, as far as like coaches, right? So I think that was incredible advice for athletes, but what about coaches? Like what, what do you think are some of the things that you've seen as like, as, as if you're a great coach, what are some of those like common actions or behaviors that great coaches and leaders that you've seen? What, what do they all have in common? Yeah. Then this, this is going to sound pretty basic, I think, um, because most of the good things yeah, do. Most, exactly. of the, most of the effective things I mean, do. The basics are everything in the long run. But, yeah. But um, like the best coaches really, there's probably three things that I would say they, they do really well, right? And, and then the details fall underneath these things. But uh, the mm -hmm. first one is, is, is planning. Uh, the really good coaches really know how to plan. They know how to dig in and really understand what are the best things they're trying to accomplish. They they put more planning in than they do executing training and doing right. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like a, a two to three to one ratio type of um, timetable wow. mentality. And, and they'll, they'll put a lot of thought, a lot of effort into thinking about what the themes are, what outcomes, what are the actual standards we're trying to get to? How is the best way to get the athletes prepared for that session of training, that day of training, that week of training, that block of training it could be two or three weeks, right? Depending on the type of team, mm -hmm. but, but they really understand what they're trying to accomplish. They also understand how to flex out of that initial plan. So they have contingencies on how to 
ramp it up or scale it back depending on what they're seeing. Um, and, and, they, and they can plan that whole piece out and then know how to bring in learnings from each session each day to amplify the next training session. So, so that planning piece is, is key. And, and a lot of times we think we're doing that really well, but I've seen a lot of in-military, elite teams, um, regular people in corporations, you know, um, they think they plan well, and a lot of times they're really missing the boat on key aspects of it. Uh, so a, another piece that goes along with that is reviewing. So, so you can notice I'm not really saying executing training because most coaches do that really well. That's their bread. They yeah. love to get out there, get people working, get things done. You know, they, they know how to give input quickly. Um, and, but really like the planning and the review side, like what do you do right after training? How, do you, how are you debriefing? What are you trying to get out of it? How effective is it? Uh, I've seen teams that won't debrief their athletes after a major competition, especially if it goes wrong. They won't talk to them for weeks. The, the, the staff might talk, but the, but the athletes, they want to give them a cooling off period. But the idea on the review is that, in my opinion, is that you, you have to be able to do it right when it's fresh so you can get that information. You can understand what are those big mission changing items that need to be addressed. And you also can see where the athlete is coming from and does that match what you've seen? And then later on, does that match what we look at in video in a more in-depth review, right? And and, yeah. and that tie-in is important to understand if they're thinking one thing has happened, but in reality, we're seeing something else between my point of view as a coach and the video, then there's something wrong that has to be addressed in training. They aren't able to adjust and understand in the moment, which is critical for competition, right? And and the last piece of that is that I think is important is the best coaches tend to observe really well. And this is where they're observing is during training. They're also able to observe more than just tactics and techniques. They're observing people, they're observing relationships, they're observing the situation and having awareness of what's going on in the bigger picture and then how that affects what they're trying to do as a team. So that, I, I mean, again, it sounds very basic, like, you know, pay attention and, and you know, do some stuff, but really good coaches know exactly how to use those observations to see opportunity and then do something with that opportunity quickly and effectively. So, yeah. so those are, yeah, planning, review, and review is one that often gets missed, which is interesting. We think if we're coaching in the session, that that's enough, but we don't do a wrap up. We don't do a close out and, and help everyone understand what just happened. And and let them move on from that session and get ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that's amazing. So, so planning, reviewing, and observing. Yep. So, the, 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 those are the common things, right? I love that. Um, that makes it does make so much sense. It is very. It sounds so simple, but the actual execution part of that is is not as simple. Right. right? Um, that's awesome, man. I love that. So, um, and when we talk about performance and enhancing performance. I think this is an incredibly unique um, part that you can bring to the conversation of, of looking at human performance and enhancing that performance with some of the synaptic uh, equipment that you guys have that you've, that you've kind of developed. And I think w one of the first things that got me very interested in this is when I was getting my master's degree, there was a couple athletes that had these crazy looking goggles. And I could see they're like, they, they would have like one would be dim and one they could see from and then it would change and it was this, this crazy thing. And first I was like, I thought they, their glasses were broken. Like, what the heck kind of bad Oakleys are you buying? And then they, and I learned a little bit about what, what 
you were doing at the time and what you guys were developing on. And it was this, the, the, the synaptic goggles and these ability to be able to train your vision and be able to increase visual motor and, and be able to improve performance using vision. Am I, am I on track here? Yeah. So, um, so, so talk a little bit about that. I want to kind of shift the conversation to, to that synaptic and component here. So can you tell us a little about what that is and how, how you developed and how it kind of came to be? Yeah. So, so the synaptic strobe, I mean, strobe, stroboscopic, uh, the concept of, of doing that type of training is, is old. It's go, it goes back decades, uh, back to like NASA and, and the military doing testing inside of black uh, rooms with, you know, black rooms with white lights flashing and then trying to see, um, uh, how that affected pilots and then what it could mean for, for how to make them fly better and react better. And, and then over the years, there was more and more research being done into it. Okay, everybody, we're going to take just a short break from today's episode to tell you about one of our amazing podcast sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Chris T's Organic Blends. Now, if you're trying to make some positive health and wellness changes in your life, you know that what you eat and what you drink is incredibly important to pay attention to. So let Christie's Organic Blends help you with the what you drink part. Now, Christie's Organic Blends is a 100% organic tea company. What they've done is combined Eastern medicine and herbs with American herbs and created some fascinating blends of tea. Some of the flavors like advanced immunity, de-stress, sunset, sunrise, vitality, detox, balance, allergy. These are actual, they're not just flavors like you'd find at a store like raspberry and peach. This tea has purpose. This tea helps you be healthier. So it's very rare that you find products that are good for you and actually taste good. Well, you found one. Chris T's Organic Blends taste delicious. I've been drinking it for over a month now. I drink the advanced immunity tea every single day. It, I, I know it's good for me, but it also just tastes so good. So go to ChrisTees.org to grab a bag. Ten bucks for a bag of tea is incredible for, for the value that you're getting. So go to ChrisTees.org, K-R-I-S-T-E-A-S.org. Check out her products and also some of her tea accessories. Fantastic company, family-owned company for over 10 years. Hope that you'll go check it out, ChrisTees.org, and enjoy a cup of tea with me. Now let's get back to the episode. So the, the whole concept of strobe training is really, it's, it's almost like a resistance tool for your vision system, not for your eyeballs, the hardware, but really how you're processing information. So when, when the glasses go opaque, they completely shutter closed so you can't see anything and, and then they'll, they'll pop back open and they're clear again. And by when they go into those closed sections for a few milliseconds, and there's varied times that, that you can set it on and make it harder. But the idea is that when it goes closed, your brain's trying to fill in the gaps and trying to figure out what that missing information is. Our brain is really hungry and thirsty for information. And so you have those strobes on and the strobe eyewear and they're shuttering closed, you know, every few few seconds or, or fractions of a second and your brain's trying to figure out like okay what's going on when it's dark what's going on when it's dark and then when you take the glasses off and go back to doing whatever it was you're doing then all of a sudden now you have all this information that at your disposal your brain is processing it better faster and you end up feeling like things have slowed down you're reacting better to it the information is there 
so it's it's a very simple in, in a way it's it's it seems like a very simple concept to a little bit more technical tool but um it's it's just resistance training it's like a dumbbell for your vision system and how your your brain and your system is processing information i love that yeah that's awesome that's that's, that's a cool example of dumbbell for your for your processing so how do you think how have you noticed if somebody is, I think there's two populations, right? So there's athletics and just, just improving performance from that side. But another side that I think is very interesting is rehabilitation. Yep. Um, how, how have you guys used it in that, in, in that arena there for like injury rehab and people coming back from injury? How, how yeah, so there's, there? so, so the, the interesting piece is that it was originally all being used in mostly athletics, right? For performance and, and in the uh-huh. military as well, it started getting bled into there on, on how does this help people perform better and and in the end if you can take a healthy elite level mind and vision system and and help it perform a little bit better uh, you know a fraction or a percentage better then there's obviously the opportunity that someone with some type of deficit could get some benefit out of it and what what we're seeing is there's practitioners out there using our equipment and and they're coming back and letting us know what's working, how they're using it. And we're seeing it in stroke. We're seeing in Parkinson's disease, there's some uses there. Um, some, some dementia uses, um, physical therapy for movement. Uh, we're seeing, you know, there's some uh, research came out just on uh, for medical students learning how to stitch and uh, do the sutures better, right? And faster, the ones who wore strobes during yeah. training and working on it ended up increasing and learning faster and having better performance. So it's it's really interesting where and how it's being used. And so that's, that I think is, is, is there's, there's anything that involves vision. If you can try to force your vision system to work harder, then when you're able to do it in a more normal condition, then you're going to have a benefit. It's again, it's just like fitness. It's the same thing you, you put resistance on so you can then get stronger, faster, better. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a very fascinating part. I think, I mean, every single performer, athlete, you name it, everyone understands how important it is to to physically train your body to put put your body in the best possible space. I think recently, in the last couple of decades, training like your mindset and and sports psychology and those things have become much more prominent and and ele- and elevated in in the performance world, and then. I think this is an area that a lot of people can, under, they're probably shaking their heads like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I use my eyes literally for everything I do when I play, but I don't necessarily deliberately train yeah. my vision and, and, and my hand-eye coordination in, in that part of it. And it's almost one of those things that like, duh, like why would I not do yeah. this? So if, if, I was, if I was a young athlete, I have these goggles, right? What, what are some things that I could do or some exercise I could do at home, right? A lot of things are in limbo right now with, with COVID-19 and everything like that. It's not as easy to, to train and things like that, right? But let's say, let's say you have some sort of visual acuity training or some, some of these glasses. How could these help me train to become better during these kind of uncertain conditions? Right, that's, and I, I mean, I think that's a great question because the idea that we've always been trying to push is that you can do vision training pretty much anywhere and bleed it into what you already do. So if you're a baseball player and you're throwing balls up against the wall, you know, the practice catching, you know, you're on your own out there and you're throwing a ball up against the wall and practicing grounders or, 
or hitting off a tee or, or just hitting out in a field or a park, you can put the strobes on and add a vision component to what you're doing now. You can add some resistance training to what you're doing already and start doing some other exercise in there. Um, you can add in balance and some vision type of training, mix it in there. So you're, so you're trying to work the balance system as well, which is, which is a big one we've seen with the physical therapy and synaptic being used, right, to help stability and proprioception and, and build those areas. So it's, it's, it's like as far as the strobes go, it's a very simple tool. As far as vision trading goes in general is anything you're doing to try to deliberately focus and intensify and add decision-making, hand-eye coordination type of work, you know, um, balls coming at you with numbers on it that you have to recognize the number before it hits your hand and then drop it in a bucket on one side or the other if it's if it's an odd or an even, right, depending on what's going on. And, um, you know, bouncing, bouncing balls uh, or having someone bounce a ball off of a wall coming from behind you and you have to recognize it quickly as it hits the wall and catch it in one hand or the other hand, depending on the color of the ball or the number like um, you can do a lot of different uh, decision making concepts or or just mixing it up but anything that's forcing you to think quickly react quickly and and recognize something quickly and then and then do something with that and the next step is important i mean the key with the vision is and it is always one of those things that it seems obvious but we really don't do it is Vision is yeah. is everything. It, it, it's the biggest function that our brain is taking in. We're we're seeing things. It's it it forces our brain to do a lot of activity and work and um, and so as a function, if you're blending your vision into decision making and reaction, then you're getting this massive kind of executive function training that's happening inside your brain, and it's going to have a larger effect across other areas, not just catching a ball, but um, short term visual memory. Uh, it, it can help other aspects of what you do as a person throughout every part of your life. Yeah. So currently, I mean, you guys work with almost, I mean, pretty much almost every sport imaginable. Um, when you think about training, we talked a little bit about coaching and things like that and what individuals can do. How, how do you feel like using something like, like, like this vision training how how simple is it to like just incorporate is there any like is there any like ramp up to to be able to do this or is this just like you just put on the goggles yep that's basically ready? it some some people some people have it's to put them simple. on because they're because they're going shuttering closed and open closed and open and for some people they feel it's a little uh disturbing at first but their system gets used to it and and they're fine and um and it's because it's not like a strobe light which is flashing brightly into your eye into your eyes high frequency it's it's just like a like a shutter that goes closed it's an it's a it's an lcd screen that basically that just kind of closes off and opens back up it's and and so it's not a it's not as disturbing as like an what you would think as a strobe light um but yeah you 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 just put them on and get going and the the interesting thing that we're seeing with the strobes and there's some research going on with this right now is that there's people who are using it as an activation tool, so part of their warm-up, and then they go out and play, and they mm -hmm. feel like they're more grounded. Things feel a little bit slower to them. Uh, we're seeing that in lots of elite and regular athletics, and so um, and the military as well. And so we're seeing like some some interesting kind of just normal, like you would physically warm up, 
get get things moving, uh, and then you go out and play. It's the same thing with the strobes. They're they're just mixing that into their warm up, and then there's also the training side, which is you're mixing it into what you do already. So let's say volleyball, for example. If you're going to do some pass receipt, right, and you're going to practice and drill that, you can do five or six regular at full speed, and then you have someone hit half speed because you don't necessarily need it to be going a 70-mile-an-hour ball coming at you because um, you're putting some occlusion on your eyes. So you, <laughs> so you take a little bit slower, and, and that's fine. That's perfect, and you receive five, ten passes that way, and then you take the strobes off and see how you feel afterwards. And part of that is the key is seeing how you feel afterwards and what's what's happening, what's the effect. There's trainers who are putting yeah. the strobes on people for an hour and doing full dynamic workouts with these elite athletes. And uh, they're doing biometrics and movements and, and quite a bit of stuff inside the gym. And then there's also taking those strobes out into the field, into the arena of sport, right? Like quarterback, for example, practicing mm -hmm. passing with receivers and with some defensive moves in front of them so they can start looking at recognition of multiple objects quickly and picking up a receiver quickly and working the mechanics of that kickers you know kicking with it soccer players doing the same thing uh, goalies you know re receiving balls inside the net so so there's a lot of options of how you can build it into what you do already without having to add a whole nother block of training a whole nother hour of something you just mix this right in man Dude, that's that that that's the most incredible part about this is just you just put it right in to what, whatever you're doing, and there's nothing nothing else that you really need to do. Just keep, keep continue to do what you're doing, and then you're almost like adding another level of training without yeah exactly taking up more time. That, that's kind that's, of the goal with, with a lot of what we've been trying to do inside of our ecosystem because we have you know we have other things other than the strobes, but they're um, you know we have an assessment system which is a little bit more like gym and clinical oriented, but you can get assessed and you can train on that system. And then we also have with some of the clinics that have our equipment, they can uh, provide an, an at-home app that individuals are training with. And um, there's been some research around that app already that's shown uh, a good effect on on reaction time or, or like hitting, for example, in baseball through a, a, a Duke study. And and so then and we have some other mm -hmm. tools as well that that are starting to come out and that are out there for use either at the clinic or a training center um, or even at people's homes. So it's, it's, it's really about trying to continue just, just like we do in the skill side or in the fitness side is it's trying to just work aspects of your vision in continually pushing your senses and, and getting, getting yourself to just work harder. So then when you're in your normal environment, your, your system's just working better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, on the, uh, I, on the synaptic website, there's this, there's the, the, yep. the, the sensory station. Um, there was, there's this part in here that I think everyone should just, if you're an athlete or if anyone, a performer in general, there's these 10 sensory parameters and how this station kind of helps. And you look at the 10 things like visual clarity, reaction time, target capture, hand-eye coordination. Like these are things that like, are the one percent of athletes the those one percent the the great the best of the best? This is what sets them apart. When when I work with when I work with kids that are high school kids to to college kids to, to professionals, there's this 
you get to a point where like physically like everyone is dominant like everyone is physically gifted and talented like it's weeded out all the, the physically weak ones and then at the higher level you get it kind of dwindled down all the 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 ones that aren't mentally tough so like when you get to this high level of competition and you're playing against the best these are the things that set you apart, right? Like these are the things, if, you're, if your vision is more clear, if your hand-eye coordination is a little bit better, your reaction time is a little faster, like these are the things that are gonna make you be the 1% to make you be the best. Everyone's physically good, everyone's mentally tough already, but this is the stuff that like sets you apart, the 1% things that set you apart. And this is missing in so much of training. That's why I'm like crazy about this. Like, this, this stuff is so important. When you when you look at like athletes that you are, or people that you guys work with, what are some of like the the initial like how, how did you initially see the value in this? At what point were you like, yes, this is like this is the real deal. This is something that's very important. What what kind well, of I mean, kind of they, the, the reality is vision training in this type of sport performance vision work has been around for for decades. It, it's not a new science. So 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 the value of it existed long before Synaptic did and. And so it's really about just trying mm -hmm. to take some of the some of the concepts that are out there and and make them more effective and more accessible and continue to try to work down that path. We're trying to make it more accessible at the consumer level and more accessible at the practitioner level that they have more tools, better tools, different ways of attacking this vision and, and, and cognitive performance side and just help that area in a way that hasn't been really accessible before. And so, so like the, you know, that's our goal as, as a company is, is one of our key goals is just trying to get these things to the people that need it, whether it's elite performers or it's people that need it for rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's that. And the, I think that that's the ease of it all is just the, the craziest part is just, it's just glasses. It's goggles. You just put them on like you do, you would anything else. And, uh, and it magnifies and amplifies your training that yeah. to a whole yeah. other and it's, level. It, and Amazing. I think because there's a lot of different cognitive performance programs um, um, in, in, in a lot of areas. And you often see like the, the main focus tends to be around the psychology, which is very important. And, and there's easy wins there. Like, you, I mean, you can do a lot quickly with um, the right mindset, the right be the ability to put attention in the right place and, and, get to the right energy level calming and and so you're so you have the right level of activation going on when you're when you're in the moment like you don't always want to be super calm meditative right you sometimes you need to be a little ramped and peaked at the right level so so being able to do those things is is really important and being able to handle duress handle pressure have, handle problems that's key but there's also this area of one just yeah. organ health that sometimes we drop we just assume it happens with good nutrition but what's the best nutrition for cognitive performance and then and am i doing that and doing that well and then there's also this other kind of pillar or area which is this processing which a lot of times we are sensing something and starting to react to something before we're attaching emotions to it right we have a feeling before we start mm -hmm. attaching you know whatever fear anger happiness concern to it right so so some of that is happening through our perception yeah, yeah. and people who perceive really well have really good peripheral vision and and central vision and tie in between those and are understanding things quickly 
tend to be ahead of the curve and they are the best athletes usually when um, when our testing shows the best profiles mm -hmm. then we ask the coach or the commander at, at a base and we say who are your best operators or your best uh, athletes and they'll list them they'll be the guys with the best or the girls with the best profiles, right <laughs> yeah yeah surprise that's that's crazy man that's cool yeah so uh the accessibility of this right so like what would be a plan of action right so so someone's like yes this is like something i'm not doing right now what would be like your advice to to that to a to an athlete who wherever level they're at that they that they maybe haven't been training their they haven't done anything like this i'd say what would one, be the next step jump on our website you can look at um the type of tools that are there and some of the concepts that are written out there and uh um, you can jump on our social media and you can see how people are training vision and at least with our tools and, and in other ways you can start seeing who are, who's out there training vision and seeing how it's having an effect and what they're, what they're doing. Um, Cause those tend, a lot of these groups that we end up posting and showing and in our social media are doing a lot of really good work and, uh, and bringing these concepts alive. And yes. And then, uh, and then the easy part is just starting to, mix something in you can just go again this the strobes are an easy tool to take on and, and start using and mixing it in and uh, um, but then there's always a lot of vision work you can mix in just like, like I was saying before catching balls moving things juggling starting to do something in that realm and then if you really want to ramp it up you can start adding technology and equipment like ours Perfect. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a, that's a great step. I know. So the, the website synaptic.com, that's S E N A P T E C.com. Yep. Um, the ones that I've worked with, I've worked with the strobe. I know there's a new one, like the, the yep. quad one where it has like the four, yep. like it breaks it down into, into four. Um, what I mean is like each lens people are like, what the hell is it done? It breaks it down into four yep. quadrants in each eye. So that I assume that's even like, Yes. More yeah. And, and a lot of times that's yeah. used in the more rehabilitative side. So, so those, those quads can actually, you can okay. shut down, like say you can close off an entire eye and you can close off the central vision on the other eye. And so now you're just activating a peripheral zone on one eye, for example, and you're stimulating that, which, which in, let's say for some of the stroke patients, we've seen that, that starting to, activate and bring back some of their vision there's there's different pathways starting to be developed or it's it's reawakening it's like an atrophied muscle that just gets kind of activated again and moving so it's really interesting to see how the practitioners mm -hmm. and what they're letting us know is happening and so that's some of the research and some of the, the work that's going on right now to kind of figure out exactly how that's working yeah that's a uh... That's awesome, man. There's so much you can do. I, I, honestly, I think this is one of those things that like, there's so much research out there for it. And like you said, this is the like, vision training yeah. is not a new thing. It's been around for a long time, but I think this is one of those things that is so like the, the best research you can do is to individually yes. do, do it, try it and see how, how this works for you. I mean, like when you look at these benefits, these, like these 10 sensory benefits and all these different things, right. It's clearly, clearly going to be something beneficial, but for each individual, this is going to have maybe a, not a different, but like a unique way of helping you. And like, I, I, I watch some of the, like the Instagram videos of people training. Um, I, the work that I do with the military and, and in my career, 
I, I take a lot of, what, of the videos that you guys post of these different like vision trainings, like bouncing a ball off the ground, someone catching it, and putting a different color bucket. Um, like there's so many cool things on there and that's, uh, is it just synaptic yes. on yep. like social media, everything? Perfect. Yeah. And so if you, if you're looking for ways to increase your performance, especially during these kind of weird times where certain things are closed down, you're not able to go do certain things or that you're not able to, you know, go to your gym like you used to or things like that. This is one of those tools that is so easy to use. You just put on glasses and it doubles the, the training that you're doing. It, it improves the training that you're doing. And it's such a simple thing to do. And I think a lot of people maybe haven't considered that and haven't thought about doing anything like this. But I mean, you look at the organizations that, that use Synaptic, I mean, almost every baseball team, professional baseball team, basketball teams, football teams, if you're a great athlete, you've probably got a pair of these. So I think this is, a, this is an awesome thing. What, what, what have you noticed from like the feedback that you guys have gotten there? Is there anything that you guys are coming out with in the future? I know you've got like the, the glasses, the sensory station. Where, where, where are you kind of seeing the – maybe you can't even talk about it, but where are you kind of seeing um, the future of this there's kind There's definitely – we're always working on our tools, and there's always some new concepts that we're working on out there. Um, and, and again, if, if people are interested too, just to whip this out there, is that on our site we have a lot of research that's, that's hung on there around our tools, so it's easy to find. You can go there. You can see what type of research is there. Click on it, and it's this is it's all third party. It's done by different universities and groups around the world, um, and so it's 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 not us paying for it and us driving it. It's it's just people interested in our tools and making it happen. So that's all. yeah. There's there's 24 research studies. I'm, I'm looking at it that I, when I looked at because that was one of the things that was very like. Okay, this sounds cool. This this makes sense to me. But if there's research that backs it up, then it's the real deal. And I mean, the research is just rehabilitation, Division One programs, college football programs, youth football, ice uh, hockey, professional base. Like these are not just like some scrub researchers. Like these is legit research. So there's some incredible stuff on here uh, with the between behind the science for it, and just again, the best thing is just try try for yourself. See, see how this could help yourself. It clearly has helped a lot of people. And um, Pete, I can't, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to to talk and highlight some of this information here. And, and I think it's something that can help so many people and, and just add and, and create a more beneficial training experience for them. So I, I can't thank you enough, man. Just to, to kind of wrap it up, um, if people are interested in learning more about some of the projects you guys are working on. Um, besides like synaptic and things like that, what, what, what were some of the other things that you're excited um, about that, that you're working on right now? These I mean, days? The, a big piece of what I'm doing is, is I've been working with a lot of, uh, uh, Olympic teams and looking at concepts of resilience and, um, and, and how that works and really around team resilience and how team works, because we tend to really focus in on the individual. And a lot of what you see out there is about how does the individual get better? How do we make the individual resilient? But the reality is everything we do is about interaction, especially let's say in the sport world, everyone is a team. There's always a coach and an athlete or an athlete and a parent. There's always an athlete working with somebody, even if they're going down the hill on their own or skating around a rink on their own. In the end, there's interdependence that happens there. And so how does that system work together is really interesting to me. And then on top of that with Synaptic in the vision is that we're, we're really looking at how we can continue to enhance what's there and 
and make it more accessible to more of the population, more at the consumer level as well, and, and ensure that, again, the medical side is really interesting and a big push for us because in the end, it's we love making performers perform better, but what we really wanna do is help individuals that need to get better from some type of injury or deficit we want to give them tools that are easy to use, mm -hmm. accessible, can be used at home, can be used as part of their daily life. It's not a big hindrance and it doesn't take a lot of movement or specialists to help them get it done. So, so those are those are kind of the big focus for us is, yeah. is how do we get that to the right people? Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, you nailed it. This is a uh... The, the goggles are incredible. This, the station's amazing. Um, all the organizations that, that I've gotten to work with have some sort of equipment like this. And uh, I think it's incredible to, to see the benefit that it can have for people. And um, again, so synaptic.com, that's the best place to go to check this out. All the research is there. Um, all of the equipment's there that, that anyone's going to need. Um, Thank you, man. This this was awesome. No, this thank was cool you. I mean, it's great. I, pre um, I appreciate you coming on. We're always really happy when people are excited about our equipment. They've used it. They've seen how it works for them, uh, and that and that we keep hearing that it's it's providing value to people. I mean, that's that's the key. That's why this. Oh, incredible! Yes, yes, exactly, man. That's awesome. Um, the last thing I want to ask you. I know there's uh, we, we, in the beginning when we first started about like the, the, you know the three the three most things you're proud of. There's, there's a lot of moments that happen in life that you learn really valuable lessons and kind of moments that really stick out to us. Um, from this past couple months, from like with, between quarantine and everything like that, what, what, what's a lesson or, so, or maybe a realization that you've had that, that has kind of really stuck out to you over the last couple of months? What's a lesson maybe that you've learned or something unique that you've experienced or learned over this last <laughs> whatever, how long has it been? It feels like it's been four years, but over the last couple of pretty much since March. Is there anything that kind of sticks um, out to not you? Not that I've that learned, learned, but that, that time? consistently gets uh, gets um, kind of reiterated, let's put it that way, is that is that life is always unexpected, right? And that, that the unknown is always around the corner and you have yeah. to be ready to adapt and move with a purpose in the middle of it, right? Like it's, like that's the key, uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, uncertainty is everywhere. Yeah, like Nothing's ever going to be the way we expect it to be. And so just be okay with that and be ready to, to adapt and improvise. Yeah. You know what's amazing about that? The, the, when you say that, right? Like in my head, I can hear like some negative person say the exact same thing and their tone of voice completely <laughs> changes the meaning of what you just described. The way that you said that, just the optimism in your voice that's just, that, that's incredible, man. I think so many, could, you could have just said that exact same statement and been like, sounded like super depressed yeah. and sad, very different meaning. Just the, just the, just, just the tone of voice that we have and the way that we approach a lot of situations too. I mean, the, working with the military individuals I work with, right? Like that, that plays a huge part of it. That, that's one of the lessons that, or not lessons that you've learned, but just things that get reiterated um, from, I can imagine that, that as a Navy SEAL, you've probably gotten to experience some, some situations maybe that you've been in that weren't, that things didn't work out as, as you planned. Yeah. I think it's, can imagine it's, that happens every now and then, it's but never a plan. Never. It's, it's a great reminder. Exactly how you, how it's supposed to, like, that's the whole key. You, you plan really, you plan incessantly. And this yep. goes back to that coaching piece. You plan incessantly for chaos and unknown. That's really what it helps you adapt to that much faster yeah. and deal with it much faster. 
Yeah, that's that, 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 thank you for sharing that, man. That, that I love that. That's a that's amazing. Thank you. And again, thanks for coming on, um, everyone. I hope you can check out the synaptic.com. Go to their social media. If you want to like level up your training, this is the simplest way to do this. You can just do it right in your backyard. You can go to the go to a park and do this. You can do it anywhere. This is the easiest way to get one percent better. Uh, so synaptic on all the social media, synaptic.com. That's the place to go, man. Pete, dude, this has been awesome. Absolutely, man. Thank no, you. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you uh, for coming and, on. Uh, hopefully, you have a great weekend.